to Jay Jake Jackets. Gear up to fire the cannon and hit the ice with your host, Jay Ashdown and Jake Gehringer. story about cheddars if you would like to hear it i can tell you later yeah uh you can probably tell me off okay uh because we got a lot to get to actually uh i'm just keeping that rolling um so i want to start with first of all again my stomach hurts and we're only doing this episode this week because you were busy um on tuesday mm-hmm. and then i had to work yesterday and i didn't even get into my apartment until midnight oh god long night it's the worst <laughs> a very long night but it's fine i mean i got a fr- uh, my boss paid for me to get food so that was nice uh, anyway nice. anyway speaking of bad feeling bad um Yotes are in trouble again. Arizona is in big, big trouble. Uh, I disagree. I mean, okay, so the story goes, and this just broke over the last, like, what, hour? Couple of hours, yes. Couple of hours that um, the city of Glendale is not going to renew the Coyotes' lease to the Hilly River Arena. So basically after this season, unless they get something done with another arena around the area, they're basically going to be homeless and the uh, relocation rumors are going to be rampant as hell. Yes, and the reason I feel like they're going to be fine, Chris Johnston reported this about 32 minutes ago. Oh, in a statement, yeah, in a statement following today's arena news in Glendale, Coyotes president and CEO Xavier Gutierrez says, quote unquote, the Coyotes are 100% committed to finding a long-term mm-hmm. arena solution here in yes. Arizona. Now, the easiest solution for the Coyotes uh, to most people would be to build a new arena in Tempe, which is probably the best location for them to build it because that's the most, that's the, that's the best hockey area. You got Arizona State hockey there. You know, th- those two have been tied together, the Coyotes and Sun Devils hockey for a little bit of time now. Um, hockey is not like small in Arizona. Like it, it is growing continually. It, it's a pretty good fan base, but I mean, again, like you look at a team that's, they made the conference final in 2012. And since then they made the playoffs once. And the one time they made the playoffs was when the playoffs were extended because right. of COVID yes. and you couldn't have fans in the arena for that. So it's like, what, what has there been to be excited about for the coyotes for the last uh, decade outside of that one run to the conference finals the answer is nothing really negative because if you remember when katie strang came out with her article you know detailing all the cheka saga and then what mm-hmm. was going on behind the scenes with maruello yes um and then whatever the hell else happened like uh the mitchell miller stuff and literally nothing yeah. has gone right for this franchise for at least five years and it's gone super downhill 
Yeah, and they and they just got out of it, but like they had one glimmer of hope in terms of their lineup over the last couple of years, and that With was Keller Albert Ekman Larson. No, Albert Ekman well. Larson was excellent for them, and then they extended him, and then he promptly fell off a cliff. <laughs> it's like nothing has gone right for them. I mean, even the Keller extension, things were going well for him. They extended him long term, thinking, "Wow, this guy could maybe be our number one center." turns out he's more of a wing and he hasn't really lived up to it so it's like the only glimmer now would be would be chikrin well he's okay so the thing that i like about clayton keller is he's very dynamic he's a he's a great player and i mean this is more about the organization as a whole this story but i love keller i hated that play when he got tripped up when they were playing Vegas and he careened like and split his pants yeah. in, the, in the, in the post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It still makes me shiver thinking about it. Yeah. Especially like even wearing a cup that can't feel good. No, of course not. And he's a good player. It's just like at this point, like you, you extended him long-term hoping that like, wow, we see this improvement. He is going steadily up. Mm-hmm. by the time he's really in his prime which should have been by now he's right. going to more than live up to that contract and really since he signed it he's a good player but is he worth that kind of money at this point i would say no and it's another one of those examples of the coyotes doing something that many teams do and works out for many teams but for some reason didn't work out for them well, so we also there hasn't been a lot to be excited about for them so of course you're going to struggle with sometimes getting fans into the stand but I, I don't doubt that hockey can work there they just need to find an arena in tempe where most of their fan base is actually located anyway right and i think it'll work out one thing that i another thing that i mean i love their roster construction like i love individual players on that team you know what i mean it's hard not to root for individual guys especially guys like kessel and yeah i mean who knows how long kessel's going to be there who knows how long who's the other big trade rumor right now christian dvorak yeah christian dvorak's gonna be probably on the move soon and then Um, christian fisher is another guy that's really fun to watch at least in terms of their center depth i I like yeah i like uh, nick schmaltz for them schmaltz is fun they had Vinny. Right, they had Hinnestroza. Yeah, they had Hinnestroza, but then he went back to the Hawks, and I don't know where he's at right now. He's a free agent, I think. Hjalmar just retired, somewhere? right? Hjalmar yeah. just retired. He's the one. He yeah. did. And then Chikrit, I love. went to the Sabres, I think. Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. And then Jake Chikrin, oh my god, this guy. <laughs> yeah, they, they have pieces that they can build around, and they're and you know the, the trade that they made with Oliver Ekman Larson, they got that contract off the books. They're taking out three bad contracts that expire at the end of this year. Right, good you depth know. moves because those they, guys can all still play, I would think, except for maybe Louis. Right, like like these these guys are literally going to just take up space essentially for the yeah. next year, and you know, obviously they love Darcy Kemper, but you know, trading him was the smart thing to that do because he wasn't he wasn't the long term guy because by the time you rebuild around but then they him, also if got... you keep him, he's going to be old. But then they also got rid of Aiden Hill, which I thought he was going to be their guy. 
that was interesting especially because they didn't keep ronta that that's where i'm like a little confused but maybe this is their plan of you know we, we here's the thing you get a second for aiden hill you take it i think at this point i'm just surprised that they didn't retain ronta extend him whatever um right because he's always wanted that spot he's always longed for that spot and he kept getting injured and he never got his chance to be that guy yeah and they, they ended up bringing in hutton from from buffalo they brought in hutton and then they got Kozinosh in the Aiden Hill deal, which I mean, good for Kozinosh. Yeah, it's he'll get another, he'll get a chance probably. They um, they are really going all in for Shane, right? Which hey, look, I mean, you think about it, you get rid of the OEL contract just to take on some bad contracts, and you get Dylan Gunther out of it. They're trying to build and, this I thing mean, up in a full rebuild attempt. I like what they're doing. It's going to take them a little bit of time. That's Bill Armstrong, right? Because yes. Doug is Doug is the one in St. In St. Louis. Louis. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Man, I like I the work that they're doing. I just want them to find a long-term home because I think hockey does belong in Arizona. We can see that it works in the desert area because we've seen it work in California. We've seen it especially work really well in Vegas yeah. over the last few it, years. Winning heals all. Shocker, hockey's working in Vegas when the Golden Knights went to the Stanley Cup final their first year and it made the playoffs every single year. Yeah. They're a really and good team. I feel like it was really weird circumstances for Arizona right off the bat too, because it was like you had this electric Winnipeg team that mm-hmm. Batman just kind of decided, hey, I want to move them here for – some reason because mm-hmm. that was not long after he had just become commissioner yeah and, and it was his it was always one of Bettman's ideas to try and get hockey to work in the desert and i get it you, you want it to work in the as many Southwest, markets as you can of course and and it's it's just you look at the market in general for sports the diamondbacks do fine the cardinals do Ooh, fine i don't know about that <laughs> Well, the card, well, the, the Diamondbacks suck, but it's not like the the Diamondbacks are in incredible financial trouble. Uh, no, because they've also had a decent history before what's going on right now. The right. Coyotes really haven't had much. Yeah, yeah, it's just I'm looking at like I think people just sometimes forget how rocking that building would get when they were good. I still think that it's weird that they keep the old 80s Jets records. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. I guess we're still just, we're having a general Coyotes conversation now. We are. I'm just reminiscing back to the Brisgalov days of, of the, the Briz days. <laughs> the Briz days of, of Zona. When things were going well for them, they, they were, you know, selling out games or making the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. it can work. They just need the team to not be ass. The problem is the team has been ass since 2013. <laughs> but I mean, we like I said, you got you've got all these pieces, and they play well. They just don't gel well. There, there's just something and missing. There's I don't know what it is. Yeah. Who, who's that new coach that they brought over from Europe? What's his name? I don't know. Letting Rick Takako is a choice. That's a weird choice. 
Uh, it's a choice that it, it's a smart choice if you're trying not to win hockey games. Yeah, because I think he's because I think he's a good coach. Well, yeah, Tockett's a really good coach, especially with like if you can. It's like I feel like Tockett's a lot like John Tortorella in that you really need to buy into the system that he has. And same thing with Barry Trotz. There are a lot of coaches. Those are the three coaches you look at. System that everybody needs to buy into. They get more out of less Mm -hmm. because the players buy in. Andre Tarigny is their new coach. Yeah. I would be straight up lying to the listeners if I told them right now that I knew anything about him. He is. I mean, I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page. I'm not even looking at like like hockey reference or anything um he coached from 2002 through what looks like 2016-17 he was coach of the Bruin Naranda Huskies in the Q QMJHL and then moved on to Halifax in 16-17 and then that was his that was his Q days, and then seventeen eighteen through nineteen twenty, he was coach of the Ottawa sixty sevens in the OHL. So it's he's basically been a junior coach his whole career. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, good luck to him. Uh, unfortunately for him, his first year is not going to be with a very good team. <laughs> Again, good players, but yeah, just like. I mean, I mean, every team has good players. Their problem is that the supporting cast for those good players has not been very good over the last couple of years. I feel like that happens to a lot of small market teams, Columbus included. Like, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. It's because I, I feel personally like the same thing happened with the Thrashers. Yeah, it did. They didn't get a whole lot of fan support. And, the and they had good players. They just didn't have the supporting cast because you know they had Buffalo, Ilya Kovalchuk, Ilya Kovalchuk, and Blake Payne, Wheeler. Blake <laughs> Wheeler, yeah, like like you you can like list all these names. They had good players. Yeah. Toby Enstrom. People forget how good of a defenseman Toby Enstrom was. Yeah, was really Enstrom good. was very good for a while. You know, it they it, at one point they had Marion Hosa like. They did, but that that was after his whole they had Danny Heatley. Oh, the Thrashers had okay. I was thinking the when the Yotes got Hosa's contract. Yeah, that's selling seats. His Oof. contract. That's that's like throw it into the lad in the Datsuk pile of ghost contracts. All the ghosts. Yeah, like, th- like there's been a lot of really good talents on a lot of teams they just don't have a supporting cast and like atlanta when they were originally the flames Mm -hmm. they weren't they weren't that great didn't work out thrashers come in not that great just never find their footing ownership like i don't know i'm still one of those people that thinks hockey could work in atlanta oh you need the team to not suck for like a decade straight in order for it to work cares (laughs) yeah 
like there's like there are a bunch of markets where like a team can be absolute trash for a while and it still works like like the rangers could could suck and miss the playoffs 12 straight years they're they're still the, the freaking rangers but you do that in atlanta or arizona or, or some of these smaller markets that aren't established you know fan bases mm-hmm. it doesn't work after a while and people just automatically throw that in the trash and it's like we are forgetting about the fact that this team was ass, you know. Don't worry, I'm listening. I'm just I'm getting extra like material for stuff to look at later. Keep talking. I'm done. That, that was my point. Oh, you're done? Okay. Yeah. Uh shoot. Uh <laughs> I'm scrambling now. Um, but yeah, it's really tough. Arizona's they need something really bad they need, they need like, consistent ownership to begin with well Maruello is very mm. it, it seemed it's that's the thing it seemed great seemed at the time okay. it seemed great at the it's just again the coyotes and having something that seems great at the time and then COVID hits and he loses a bunch of money in casinos because guess what people aren't going to casinos because of COVID and it's just it's another monkey wrench that's thrown into something but then you also hear perfectly about perfectly legitimate and then it just goes to shit you hear about how he ran the place where it was like people wanted to work from home he was like no you're coming in the office yeah like forcing people to come into the office but then like putting it under the guise of like oh this fun little we have pack meetings and all this like yeah no the, the way that he ran it was also not great but it's like it, it just doesn't help that on top of that financially he's hemorrhaging money because of covid <laughs> it, it's just like i like no i don't think many people can foresee like you you get a new owner and he's gonna run a place like that like mm-hmm. that sucks that's unfortunate 100 percent, and uh that definitely needs to change but absolutely m- more or less the point that i was going after is for the coyotes and their bad luck mm-hmm. is just solely no matter how he runs the place you just you wanted an owner who is going to have money and be able to put the money in keep them there and build some good foundation and as soon as he like becomes the owner COVID hits and he loses a bunch of money bad luck it's just that's bad luck all around that's if people are gonna be like ah can't work in arizona it's like no it can it just didn't because uh, a bunch of things certain circumstances outside of people's control yes it's just <sighs> And I mean, people shit on Bettman for wanting to make it work in Arizona. I don't know. I kind of want to see it now. I want. I want to see it work. And I do love that they're going back to the old branding with like the Kachinas full time. Yes. And the, yes. The crescent moon at center ice is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing. The other thing, being a if they decide if they are able to come to an agreement and build an arena in Tempe, the whole arena can be marketed and based with the old stuff. They can cross with the, um, another thing is they could also like with the whole like name image and likeness stuff, Mm -hmm. you could have some Arizona state hockey players have Have, deals with the Yotes. Yeah. Have Johnny Walker do it. Some of their best players. 
like didn't we hear about one of the uh U U of Miami football players yeah. is doing yeah. stuff with the King. Panthers? Yeah, Derek yeah. King. So have yeah. <laughs> do it that way. Like th- there's so much they can do. There's so many ways here's the now thing. to they they're fortunate. The, yeah. College hockey, there is no other team in the desert than Arizona State. There's nobody close to them. Like the closest teams in college hockey to Arizona State are in freaking Colorado. Right. With, you know, Denver and Colorado College and Air Force. Like, right. There's nobody in the southwest part of the United States that has a college hockey team. And they're incredibly important because they're so different. And you can market that, partner those two things together. I think it, I absolutely think it can work. It's kind of. I mean, you would think they would know that that's an option. You'd think. But I don't know how Merrill thinks other than gambling. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's gambling on literally everything. He's he's the he's the Evander Kane of ownership. If I I don't I don't know if that's a good thing to say, but anyway, so out of that crazy disastrous topic speaking of like disasters i'm in like a weird financial place and this is just me venting but i mean i was in a weird mental place for a while i think we've all been there especially over the last like year and a half year and yeah. three quarters um and one thing that I found out recently is Riley Shan has a podcast out about mental health. Mm-hmm. It's called the Speak Your Mind podcast. And honestly, I think for the sport, it's very important. And for us, just like yeah. in general, it could be really important to listen to what anybody has to say. Um on this kind of subject and i know like like my dad doesn't understand how why i listen to podcasts and he's like why do you like listening to people talk all the time it's awesome it's it's fun to hear it's honestly therapeutic yeah it's it's nice to hear like if you're like i listen to distractible for the funny stories that they come up with i listen mm-hmm. to film review podcasts because you know i'm a film nut I, you know, we've got like the SDP, we've got 31 thoughts that we listen to for all our hockey yeah. takes and stuff like that. We've got us, to, we've got the artillery right. guys, we got all of those. And even for like entertainment, like I, I do a bachelor, bachelorette podcast. Um, I do a survivor podcast, you know, I say do this podcast and like college football, like I do a bunch of podcasts. I think it's all fun. And I listen to a lot of other people's material, like Rob Sesternino does a survivor mm-hmm. podcast. Like there's, there's so many podcasts out there that you can listen to that are awesome. Um, I had not heard of this until you actually brought it up. I didn't, I was not aware that Riley Shan was doing this podcast. Well, I had just heard about it like the other day too. Yeah. And I think it's awesome. It, you know, it, it reminds me of like, like what it's not a podcast, but what Steven Johns is doing right now yes. and how he's come out with it. It's awesome. I love that more players are coming out talking about the importance of mental health 
both current and you know former players of course you know, riley shayan you know steven johns robin leonard there's a lot of players who, who robin are, leonard are was it. really like the spearhead to that i think i think he was i and i think it's incredibly important that we you know i feel like sometimes people get lost in terms of the dollar amounts oh you're making this amount of we money we talk about like, that way too much we talk about the money side of things that, on this show it, but like in terms of like lifestyle like oh my god you're making six million dollars what do you have to complain about it's like well i don't know we all go through no doesn't matter how much money you're making what your life looks like we all go through things it's, it's important sport, that we acknowledge yeah. that and even though you're like you're playing a game it's still your work it's your job so that yeah. can be really hard on you mm-hmm. so it's like <laughs> especially if you play for the buffalo sabers Oof. like robin leonard did oh god and then he had things were complete at its turnaround. worst yeah the complete turnaround in new york which was amazing for him. And then he goes to Vegas and just lights it all up, especially after being a Vesna finalist through most of the season with Chicago. Yeah. With Corey Crawford. It was amazing. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Like I love that more players are coming out and, and talking about it. It's incredibly important. And I hope that this continues. And just to give one more final one more shout out to like another show that honestly i need to start listening to more of um our buddies at hockey hound like i don't speak to them enough like personally mm-hmm. but i mean they follow us and they're cool follows it's nice to get like relays from them of like all the news yeah so a uh, shout out to hockey hound those guys are doing a lot of good stuff Uh, the boys in Union Blue are making some moves. We got uh, one, two, we got three entry-level contracts signed over this yeah. past a few days. Yeah. Um, our boy Cole Sillinger. The most notable one. The most notable, yeah. Um, especially probably the, the one that's probably going to be on the roster the quickest. Yeah. Uh, Stanislav Svozl, who I believe mm-hmm. he was a second round pick recently. I think it was a third. He was a steal. He, he was a third. He was a steal. I remember. Yeah. Because I, I really liked him. I think we got him 69th overall. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and um, uh, I like him a lot. And then we got another hyphenator here Ole Julian Bjordvik Holm. Yeah. That's, That's a, a fun I name was, to say, I though. Think, he was a fifth rounder, right? From 2020. He sounds like he would be around that. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any of the drafts up. I don't like, I'm just right. have you up. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what he was. And then a tab for if we need to look something up. That's all I have up right now. Yeah. I like all but, these guys. I oh, really. Yeah. I really like God. The Blue Jackets just did so well in this last draft. Like Cole, Sil- Cole Sillinger, <laughs> where we got him. Getting Corson Coleman's where we got him, and getting Kent at God. five is uh, get like you said it. What two episodes ago, maybe? Uh, as of recording this, that he's the one that you're worried most about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not a shot against him. It's literally just like, oh my God, like. Guys need time to develop. And I mean, 
he's going back to Michigan and Owen Which Power's is going back thing. to Michigan. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> all Michigan, of... If Michigan doesn't win the national title this year... All of... I think all of the top draft picks out of that school, at least all of the first rounders from that school, are returning this year. Yeah, it's like... That's, that's like a dream team right there, man. I mean, God, it's they're going to be unbelievable. I can't, I can't believe I'm smiling about a Michigan team, but here I am. But I, I'm just smiling. I love college hockey so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like as much as I could, I lived in the slate in the Slater Ice Arena, like as, yeah. as many times as I could go when I wasn't working, I was going to hockey games up at Bowling Green. Yeah. And it's just, especially the way the bleacher creatures are. Shout out to my all my BG alums and current students and everybody. You guys at the hockey games are amazing and I love y'all. Yeah, and shout out to people who go to Canisius. Uh, please start going to the hockey games. <laughs> he works too be, hard on the paper be, for you. Be to, great. for you to not. I, I should. I, I put way too much work in for seven hundred people to go to these games. <laughs> um, big news out of Smashville. You see, Saros yeah. locked in. Four-year extension for $20 million. God, $20 million. That That's... feels like a steal with how he's been playing the last couple of years, man. I mean, Well, especially what... after the year that he just had, passing, <sighs> like with Rene passing the torch. This was like the perfect like transition season in net for yeah. the Nashville Predators, honestly. Oh, 100%. I'm just like, I'm looking at the numbers for his career, and I'm like, $5 million? <laughs> really they got a steal out of that that's a nice that's a tidy piece of work oh yeah uh, by david boyle but if you're thinking about it from saros's end i mean this guy is what 25 26 right now he's going to be able to hit the open market and still get another big payday ching baby so especially if he keeps playing like um i remember i was listening to 31 thoughts i was listening to an older episode i think it was the um the one that I had downloaded on the beginnings of the first round, 31 Lies. I just love mm-hmm. that opening segment with Amal. <laughs> um, they were talking about Nedeljkovic and how well he played and how his yeah. ticket just kept rising and rising and rising. And especially like if they had beaten Tampa, <clears throat> boom, he was going to cash in huge. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, man, like you say, Saros, another four years, $20 million, get that bread, turn 30, become a UFA, and who knows? Maybe you'll have a seven-year, $70 million contract waiting for you with the Florida Panthers. <laughs> Bob, part two. They oh, won't have to worry about that. They Bill, have Spencer Knight, but still. <laughs> Bill, don't. No, he he wouldn't. He's He's too smart for that. Yeah, he's he's actually good at his job no um there's still a ton of ufas on the market Mm -hmm. which is weird to me because we got guys like chara who still wants to play and he wants to play on the east coast so probably i mean if he's going to stick around the area a reunion in boston might 
be interesting. Even if Lou could lock him up, that'd be fun as hell. His return to the island. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, start there, finish there. Um, Hell, even if he just pulls, like, what if Breeze Blah, like, whispers? I was going to say, this would just be like one year, $800,000 come to the lightning. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god, could you imagine? People would just flip on Twitter. Corey Perry and Zidane Chara together on the lightning after losing Coleman and Goodrow and Gord. Well, they also brought in <laughs> Zach Bogosian too. They're just like... Oh, they brought Bogo back! I forgot! Yeah. <laughs> oh, good lord. Put Chara and Bogo on a, on a pair together? That would be the, the slowest defensive pairing ever if you get a step on them you're gone but at the same time they're going to murder you they will destroy you (laughs) that's it's fun to think about that um especially because he still wants to play um Mm -hmm. zach parise still up which i've heard i think this was from hockey hound again that it's not like confirmed, confirmed, but I mean, he's, he's probably going to go to the island. Yeah, he is a UFA, but he's an Islander. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because like I put in my notes, I have Parise to NYI confirmed with like three question marks. I'm like, is it really? Please. Can we just, can you tell us? <laughs> um, it's all Devin, fun and games until he joins Ryan Suter in Dallas. <laughs> right. Oof. Um, and then Devin Dubnik's another one of the key UFAs still unsigned. Where do you think he goes? Well, I think the first option that he could go is to the retirement home. He's had a great, he, he's had a good career. Like he, he's had a really good career. He's not that you know, old, he's, is he? He's, what is he like? 36? Hey, 37? Where's, why do he's I up to- there. Why do I have to Google search this all the time? I'm like, Devan. It's Devan Dubnik, right? He I'm is, pretty sure he's 36 or 37. He's 35 on 107 days. Born in 86. So he is yes, actually not, a lot He's not as old. So he's not as old as I thought, but he's still a hell of a lot older. But he's older the than pro- I thought he was. <laughs> the problem is like, he was the first round pick of the Oilers back in, like, what, 2004? Oh, it took this guy a while to get to the league. That's and once he why. got there, it took him a while to really get settled in because he, he wasn't the guy in Edmonton, unfortunately. And then, like, he was going through waivers. He was in Montreal. He was in Arizona. And then he finally found a stable home with the Wild. Because I remember <laughs> him in Arizona first, yeah. honestly. And that's why I thought – that's why my brain was like, he's not that old, is he? Yeah, no, it took it took him a while. He looked like a bust for a while, but then you know you know who who uh whose like career arc kind of reminds me of Devin Dubnik right now is Jack Campbell. Oh, poor Jack. Well, because I mean, you know, first round pick doesn't yeah. work out in Dallas, and then he goes to LA and, and it takes him a, a while to takes and... him a while, but now he's a starting goalie. So starting slash tandem, like he's gotten a starter. Well, he was a starter last only, year. Yeah. I think he could win it from Mrazek, to be honest. I think he could. And especially he's with in this a contract a, year. Too. Yeah, that, yeah. I was just going to say it's a contract year for him. And 
I mean, who knows how much they tandem it, but I do think Jack might get the slight majority. Like, yeah. Anyway, that's off of Dubnik. Um, who needs a good backup right now? Buffalo needs no. anybody. <laughs> well, they, they they ended up getting Aaron Dell and Craig Anderson. They seem like they're not... also going for Shane Wright right now. I was going to say, a re- like for Dubnik real quick, either he could retire or maybe there could be something in the works, a one-year deal for a very minimal amount of money with Arizona. What, maybe Go like back a... to Arizona, you know. Maybe like one year two way, yeah, kind of thing. Because I don't, I don't want to see this guy's like latter half of his career, especially if he wants to play longer. I don't want to see him end up like a guy like Mike McKenna. You remember how much of a journeyman Mike McKenna was? It was yeah, like, it's tough to watch. Because I liked Mike McKenna, especially when he was here in Columbus right and then like a while later i was like wait a minute he went he was in ottawa and then i was like he was there before that and it's like where is this guy ping he he ping-ponged like everywhere so i don't know i mean who knows where dubnik ends up but if he does go somewhere do it devin maybe another option I don't know who who is Anaheim's backup. It was Ryan Miller, but he's retired. He's gone. I, they still then, have so Anthony Stolars. They I have believe. Stolars, and then they also have um, Lucas Dostal. Dostal, yeah, they have Dostal, they have Stolars, and they have Gibson as their three to one right now. Yeah, I, I don't think Dostal's ready yet. He might see maybe like a game later in the season and i don't know i mean you you could if, if you wanted to bring in dubnik to have a backup competition between him and stolars but i don't know how they feel about stolars i think they like him but at the same time i think he's still just like a filler option until Dostal's ready yeah but that's just me and i mean the the Ducks were the third team that I decided to like follow closely. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've got a list of like five teams that I really, really closely keep an eye on. But, and some might call me a casual fan for that, but no. <laughs> I mean, I'm at this point, like I am a Blue Jackets fan first. Mm-hmm. I am a hockey fan second. Like yeah. I will look, I will analyze and cheer on anybody that I want at any given point, but I will always cheer for Columbus. Yeah. You know what I mean? I totally get you. Uh, speaking of signings. Oh my God. This was weird. Um, you heard rumors about more Pedersen stuff because no. what I heard off of the nhl app i'm gonna reopen my bookmarks on twitter for a second and then i'm gonna look at this is that there's the possibility of offer sheets offer sheet season is always fun i doubt that it happens to be honest i want to see this financially like what team is even like 
what team it. has the money right now and the picks to be able to do that? Oh, look at that. Uh, Caulfield got his Hobie Baker. I'm just scrolling, trying to find this. But I really don't know because everybody's pretty strapped, honestly, except for guys with or teams with like internal caps that are just mm -hmm. billions like the Leafs do. Like, you know what I mean? Where yeah. is it? Why is this? I, I just don't know what team has the money and the draft picks to be able to offer sheet Elias Pedersen and not regret the picks that they give up. Because right, most because of your teams be... that have a ton of cap space are the teams that are tanking and are trying to suck next year for Shane Wright. So if you give up those picks, that could be a good pick, even though you're getting Elias Pettersson. So like, it's a tough scenario. You have to have the right scenario. Like like Montreal had the right scenario a couple of years ago when they offer sheeted Sebastian Ajo and mm -hmm. the Hurricanes just shut that down immediately. <laughs> they didn't even give him a chance to breathe. They were like, no, no. You, you there it is. I don't know why I completely overlooked it. Um, okay. So I've got this up. This is NHL.com. This is John Lane talking about offer sheets those who might be available uh first note is that kaprizov and quinn are not eligible they're not so forwards drake batherson mm -hmm. bavillier i doubt that he gets offer sheeted i doubt that yeah uh kenyemi is another one that i can't really see yeah nolan patrick i just, I just want to see this kid play someone give him an offer sheet of like one million dollars i just want to see nolan play god Ugh. uh petterson like we watch, said he's gonna be incredible just because it's vegas yeah watch he's gonna yeah he's, he's putting up 60 60 points next year he's gonna play with patches and stone and just <laughs> um, that'd, be, that'd be stupid if that happened yeah it'd be wild Patterson, like we said um calder trophy in 2019 65 goals 88 assists 153 points in 165 games so far in his career that's pd that's amazing uh he hasn't hit his prime yet uh one that we heard about last offseason fetch which we'll get to fetch here in a little bit. But I can't see that. Don Waddell's going to sign him. And I mean, it's all but confirmed. Yeah. The problem is like you need to, as far as like these teams are concerned, you need to be able to get some of the middle of the pack guys. Everybody freaks out about like, oh, Pedersen, Svechnikov, those, those are the big rfas yeah. let like you need to worry about like as far as offer sheeting goes we rarely ever see it because you have to give up a money which is you know your salary cap yeah. and b a lot of draft capital to get some of these players if you were to come to terms to that what it's hasn't just, really happened that i want to see more of or that's just shadow after, i was like i was wondering what was going on with my beard 
I want to see, like, like, we, like I said, it's not going to happen. I doubt that it happens. I want to see a team make a run at Anthony Beauvillier. Because if, be if you can get him at a reasonable price where you don't have to give up a first-round pick, like, say, like, mm-hmm. you only have to give up, like, a second and a third or whatever it is. I'm still looking I'm not, at the list. Don't mind me. Yeah. That would be, I think, good value because he's still a young player and he's talented. And he's like one of those middle six forwards that can make just about any team better. Oh yeah. And you're really not giving up premium to get him. Whether he's under like Barry Trotz's, you know, defensive buy-in system or not, it's like him and Barzal are so dynamic offensively, like that they're still fun to watch buying Mm -hmm. into that kind of a system. Because like, if you if you look at like uh, what you might have to give up, if you can get this guy, if you can get a player who's an RFA a contract where mm-hmm. the compensation you'd have to give up is less than what the trade value is, that's where you like peak it at efficiency with it because i would say anthony bovillier is definitely at this point in his career worth more than a second round pick if the islanders Mm -hmm. wanted to trade him today they would get more than a second for him Mm -hmm. but if you're signing him to a contract and the compensation is a second round pick that's makes perfect sense (laughs) for you and if you can catch a team in a situation where they can't extend that player to that money i want to see more teams do that but we just haven't seen it Right. So I've got three more forwards on this list, and then there's like three defensemen and a goalie. So Brady Kachuk, not moving, future leader yeah. of the team, whether it's yeah. an A or a C. I mean, I mm. still see like Shabbat's going to get the C. That's what I think. And then I see Brady and like Norris getting A's. Yeah, that's reasonable. That's what I can see, um, at least for like just putting letters on guys. Uh, Eli Tolvanen, doubt. I don't know if he's. Yeah. I I don't see it. And then Kyler Yamamoto. That would be an interesting. That'd be one an interesting. If you one. wanted to give him more money over, like say like Tolvanen. Tolvanen. Yeah. Yes. I think he's a really. I think he's got a lot of potential. If you gave him like oh, yeah. three million over the next three years, like something like that, like that's might look like an overpayment now, just because of the small sample size, but you're forcing the Predators' hands. I remember the first time I heard about Eli Tolvin and, and it was because of, you know, getting to watch his brother play goal. Right. I didn't even realize they were related until I was like, ha. Huh. <laughs> right. And then I watched this kid play and I'm like, whoa. That could be like a solid value RFA. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see any team doing that. 22 years old, 22 points in 40 games this past year, including 12 power play points, six and six. Uh, he missed two weeks in April with a lower body injury before returning for the final nine, held without a point and four player. That was Eli's season. And then to round out the forwards, we got Kyler Yamamoto, and I don't see him going anywhere either. No, but he's a really interesting player. He's interesting. I wonder what that again, dollar amount is going to look like. Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting one. He's a guy that I can see somebody trying to overpay for. Yeah. Like Ken Holland. <laughs> <laughs> um, the three defensemen on this list, uh, we got Rasmus Delene, not moving at all. Yeah. 
if Kevin Adams is any smart, which I mean, so far he's made some pretty smart moves. I think we'll see. Hard how to judge. Out. Yeah, he's been he's been put in a rough position. So yeah, we'll see how it pans out. But I mean, there's no way in hell Rasmus moves. Mm-hmm. They moved one Rasmus out already. They're not moving yeah. this one. Yeah. Um, Philip Ronick of the Red Wings. He was like one of their best players last year. There's, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's staying. He's staying. Um, I love this quote from Blashell. He certainly has taken steps from when he first got here. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but give him some credit. He's still their coach. Give him some credit. And yeah, the weird thing I can't is, he's be- still I coach. can't believe he's still there. <laughs> he is the cockroach that won't die under the fridge this man still has a job i mean in a league where coaches can get fired get hired and fired within like like 18 months because of a team's performance because teams are so reactive and trying to win this dude has been their coach for so long (laughs) hey it's working kind of he is accomplishing their goal well it's like you know stevie wise the puppet master it's like i mean for those of you who have seen spiral it's like he's the you know what i mean he's doing this and blash i have not seen spiral you would love it it's wild i mean like i'm not a big fan of the saw movies but like oh my god this movie rocked <laughs> And rounding out defenseman, uh, Zadorov, Calgary Flames. He just got there. <gasps> I don't even know what his contract's going to look like. He just got there. Like, yeah, like, I don't see it happening because he just got in there. Like, what? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's the team gonna like pay him? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't he's, know. He's, he he's hits like, guys. He's a good top six guy. Yeah, he's you put him on your third pair. He hits a lot of guys. Yeah, he's doesn't really provide much. He offense. blows guys up like, oh my god. He's maybe not the most efficient defensively because he focuses more on hitting than he should. But you know, I mean, your third pair is your third pair for a reason. Yeah. You just don't uh, want to pay him more than what a third pair should be paid. Right. He was picked by the Sabres yeah. in 2013. He was a first-round pick, wasn't he? 16th overall. Oh. Wow. They could use I mean, a guy like him right now. It could be worse. Uh, you want, Do you want to know? Okay, take a guess at the one goalie on this list to just round out off sheets. Take a guess. Mm-hmm. You got. You got to let me think for a second here. Because <laughs> um, a lot of goalies have been signed. So like I'm trying mm-hmm. to think. Like, is there like any like major one? Think about a team that we've talked about a lot this episode already. So I'd have to assume Arizona. Nope. Okay. I've no talked clue. about them in passing. Ilya Sorokin. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because he only signed a one-year deal when he came in last year. That's right. I yeah. Didn't think about that. Yeah. And I mean, he showed us what he can do, and he can do a lot. 
Yeah, I wonder what their solution to that is. I mean, knowing Lou, it's going to be something that it's going to be like just grinding the agent down, you know, because he grinds all the agents down. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, So we've talked about Minnesota kind of because, I mean, I brought up Kaprizov earlier. Uh, I want to talk about Fiala first because he went, he got this signed before his hearing, which is nice. It's the one year, um, 5.1 yeah, million. Yeah. In between. I think that's a fair number for him. Um, he had a really good year. I like Kevin Fiala he, a I, lot as a player. He's amazing. Like he never think, really got, he showed flashes in Nashville, but then once he got yes. to Minnesota, Oh that's where God. it became consistent that's when he became who he is like, that is like what the flashes is what he is yes consistently in minnesota so i think he's gonna get a big contract next year do you think if they get Kirill done is it still marcus Kirill kevin that's just because that's what i think should happen yeah But I mean, we're not. We gotta see what Dean Evison thinks. <laughs> and I, we got. I don't know, man. I'm looking at it. It's like get, if, yeah. if they get Kaprizov done, if they can get if they can get a reasonable number. You want to know what's I, crazy? <laughs> I don't think they're done with Eichel. You want to know what's crazy? What? I heard somewhere. I want to say it was from the Athletic. Uh, they don't feel rushed. <laughs> That's a little concerning to me. <laughs> an interesting tactic because i mean you have the threat looming still of moscow and the 10 million dollars like seriously this there's this like evil there's this like dr evil deal like hanging above his head you know what i mean yeah i love that (laughs) Sounds pretty groovy, doesn't it? <laughs> That's interesting. I, I don't know. Like I, I like we. I, I said this a while ago. I think this is going to come down close. I don't think it's going to come down to the wire. I think I it's going to come down it to is. the last. I think it's going to come down to the last three days. I don't think it's going to be a situation like they're giving it until three o'clock and it gets done at like two fifty-five. <laughs> I think it's going to like it's going to come close, of, but like I don't think it's going to be that close but I kind of want to see it be that close just for the drama of it. Oh my god, just re-scrolling Twitter like has he signed yet? Has he signed yet? Has he signed yet? Oh, oh wait, no. this is a this is a fake Elliot Friedman account. Has he signed yeah. yet? I don't, I want to see Hockey Hound tweet about this that way I know. Right. Again, shout out to those guys. They're doing great work. Even if it is just like relaying from other sources, they do a good job. Um, still need to check out their actual show. Uh, but yeah, they don't feel rushed with Kaprizov, and I don't know if I'm concerned. If I was a Minnesota Wild fan, I would probably be a little concerned. Yeah. I, I, I'd, be, I'd be shaking my boots a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, so you know how we went over all the arm cases a while back 
and how yes. there were just so many. Uh, there are only two left. Travis Sanheim and Zadorov. They're the only ARB cases left. Wow. Two very <laughs> different ARB cases. I don't know when. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't when. know what I can add to this conversation. Uh, we talked about Zadorov already. <laughs> Sandheim had a rough year, man. He had a rough year. He's a good player, though. He is. He had a rough year, though. He's a very. I don't know good what he's player. asking for in that scenario. Yeah, I don't. Because mm, you would think he's going to get top four money, either way. Oh yeah. It wasn't he the one that uh, that Gerby fought after he plowed into Claude Giroux? <laughs> Didn't he? What did Sandheim? Was it Sandheim or was it Provorov? No, I think it was Sandheim. Okay. It wasn't Provorov. <laughs> but here's the thing: this becomes interesting for the Flyers. Like last year, it was rough because Provorov and Sandheim had rough years because mm-hmm. they were playing in the first pair together because they didn't have a right-hand shot defenseman that they could rely on in the first pair. This year, they're going into a situation where they're going to have Provorov playing I would have to assume with Ryan Ellis and they'll put oh, be Sandheim with, with Risto. With Risto. Mm. And I'm not sure if that helps Sandheim or not. I don't know. <laughs> If you look at the career numbers from Risto, there's nothing that I could point to that makes me say, yeah, this makes me feel comfortable. Well, because Sandheim is the offensive guy and on Risto, your second pair. And Risto is an offensive guy, more or less. And he's just not great at either, but he still puts up better offensive numbers than he does defensive numbers. Yeah, he... He kind of puts defensive numbers up. They're not good, but they're I guess they're defensive numbers. Sabres bell curve. Let's just say that. No. No, it's just Risto? No, it's just Risto. Risto <laughs> sucks. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying Risto sucks. This poor fucking guy. You want to know how I know he sucks? Look at the analytics him? for Jake McCabe. That's true. Oh, my God. McCabe this is looks... not a saber suck situation. Jake no, McCabe it... was unbelievable. McCabe looks like a god compared to what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. There yeah, might be a correlation between the saber sucking and also employing him as their number one defenseman for the last half decade. They ruined this kid's like, I say kid, but like when he was a kid, they ruined him right off the bat yeah. because his yeah, expectations were sky high right yeah. off the bat. And they're doing I'm not that gonna with like come. Yeah, I'm not gonna come out right and be like, yeah, this guy was always terrible. No, they absolutely ruined him. They do. They're doing that with everybody, though. They're like, okay, Ristolainen's gonna save us. No, Jack Eichel's gonna save us. No, Rasmus Dahlin's gonna save us. No, now Owen Power's gonna save us. Like, and Owen Power was stop. like, okay, enough of this. I'm going back to Michigan. Stop looking for one guy. Get bodies and. Take maybe two or three guys and build around it with bodies. That's how you build a team. I you win with a, you win with a team. Kind of, I'm confident in what Kevin Adams can do. 
solely because like they're so they're gonna have to trade Jack Eichel, and they're not gonna get what they originally would have hoped for because of, like the whole neck problem. They're but, still like, not gonna get nothing. They're still gonna get exactly. They're gonna a get a lot. Mode. They're gonna get a lot. They got a pretty good haul for Reinhardt, including mm-hmm. a first round pick and a solid goaltending prospect and Devin Levi. They have good defensive guys still, like Yoki Haru. So Dalene's numbers improved when Don Granado became the head coach. Right. Well, Casey Middlestat's I mean, numbers, but like he he looked like a bust for a while. He played really well under Don Granado. Now that he's the head coach, broke out under Don Granado. Yeah, but then that was also because of Jack's injury. But again, so like Casey Middlestat no longer looks like a bust. He actually kind of looks like a stud under. Uh, under Donnie Meatballs, as they call him, um, which is a great nickname. That's um, remember when we talked about like, was it Dante Fabro who we said could start yeah, as like a sidekick a in a mafia movie? Yeah, that's a sick name. And it <laughs> Don, is hair. Imagine Don Granado being the Don in that mafia movie with Dante yeah. Fabro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like that Family Guy joke with all the Dons. Oh, yeah. dude, like. <laughs> It's just incredible names. But for, for the Sabres, I like Dylan Cousins. Yeah. I now finally like Casey Middlestaff because I'm finally seeing something with him. Darlene looked better. Olsen's under, under been Red- fantastic. Olsen is offensively light. <laughs> doesn't I mean, play any defense, doesn't create anything on his own, but he's good on the power play. He, yeah, he, does, he, he can't score goals. Um, so he need, is a I mean, he, he is he is a piece he is a piece you need guys um, to score goals that's the objective of the game yogi haru um I, I do like him as well although it seemed like his development has kind of stunted a little bit hopefully they can get him back on track but they're gonna get a haul for eichel they yeah. have some prospects i'm excited i'm excited to see what what the Sabres can do in the next couple of years i because i don't think that everybody's freaking out like oh my god you had you traded reinhardt you're about to trade eichel this team that was already terrible is going to get even worse this was a conversation about travis sandheim by the way yeah god we We go off on so many weird team tangents and rants i'm excited that's all i'm gonna say i'm excited and rasmus ristolainen sucks (laughs) hopefully sandheim gets a good deal if he does go to arb I guess he gets something that fits. Hopefully then, for him, Flyers fans are hoping that that is a little bit on the lesser side. I mean, yeah, but again, especially after how he played last year, we'll see where he goes. I, I, I think I think the uh, for for them and the arbitration, like the Flyers are just going to come with his J Fresh stats. They're pull up his J Fresh page and be like, "This is why he does not deserve what he's asking for." They should do that with Zadorov too. <laughs> If I'm being honest. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from that fun stuff. Uh, <clears throat> we talked about this guy with the office sheets. Mr. Svechnikov is the only way I know how to say it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, that's the only, every time I say it out loud. And, and here's where. It's, it's addicting to do the Martinuk thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is where like he's not going to get offer sheet is because the last time anybody tested the hurricanes, it didn't work out well. Right. And we talk about the fact that they didn't bring back Dougie Hamilton. Well, this is the reason you don't bring him back. Yeah. So you, you got, have that money yeah. available. You can sign him like nobody's, nobody's. And he's getting the 
full eight-year extension. We know that. At least that's what's circulating. Yeah. That's what's near confirmed. But then we just got to know how much money he's going to make. He's so good. He's amazing. He pulled off the Michigan twice. He's the only guy to do that in the NHL. Yeah. I do get annoyed with it, though. Oh, with all the Michigan attempts? Yeah. The only reason I say it is it's like it's, it gets old. The one thing that I will say is, do you remember when Forsberg did the one that was just a little bit different? Yeah, that was That sick. was cool. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. But now, like, like, he didn't see, even, like, like we're st- seeing it, like, two to three times a year. He in the didn't NHL, dig like. at it. He just kind of, like, took the toe of his blade and, like, yeah. flipped it up on and, and, yeah. like like a spatula and then just yeah it's unbelievable it was wild watching forsberg do it but i mean like don cherry's gonna hate this but we are seeing it more and more and hopefully for entertainment's sake we see it executed well yeah like i I don't hate the move like i think it's cool it's just it loses its flavor i just don't yeah i don't want to see it tried every single time yeah. Like, I don't want to see it every single game. I want to see it on very rare occasions with very skilled guys that could more than likely pull it off. You remember yeah. when Sid tried it and he just missed it? I actually don't. He tried, because remember, he's the one that made it famous in junior, right? When he did it with Ramuski. And then he tried it a couple of years ago and he just barely couldn't get it, and it, like, banked off the side of the net. Fraud. Ridiculous. I'm kidding. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Let's just see if I can find it. I, I don't remember it. Stupid. Um, so we've talked I about... I only remember successful ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> I only remember Svechnikov. And Forsberg. Um, so we... T- we talk a lot about money on this podcast for, I mean, it's the off season. There's a reason why. Yeah. Right. Also because money is awesome. And money is awesome. I would like to make more, please, somehow. Um, and the league lost a lot of money this past year, but they did recoup some with the helmet ads. The helmet ads generated uh about a hundred million dollars last year damn that was that was wild to me crazy stat crazy i mean i don't mind you don't even notice them after a while well yeah i didn't notice them anymore yeah until i started watching highlights again and it's like oh yeah they did wear helmets or they did wear ads in the helmets uh they wore helmets that's a good thing (laughs) yeah especially in this day and age um i do kind of want to see that like once though just like some sort of like they actually play a game a little bit slower without helmets that would be fun you trying to get someone killed i mean if we want to get the older fans back (laughs) why not we're garnering interest from young and old. Why the hell not? Anyway, the point is, starting not this year, but next year, they're doing jersey ads. 
And from what we know, from what was reported, it's going to be similar to what the NBA did, where it's like a little, it's going to be a little bit bigger. It's three by three and a half inches, and it's just going to be like a chest patch. Mm -hmm. So, and it's only going to be one ad. So it's going to be one company, slap it on your chest. That's it. And I would assume it's going to be just like kind of, you know, how like most teams will have the letters on one side. It's going to be on the other side from where teams normally put their letters, I would assume. Yeah. It could be like anything. Like, I feel like some teams are just going to go with like whatever their sponsor is for like their arena. They could do other things as well. They could do that. Like, I, I mean, like as a Blue Jackets put with Nationwide, like I could see they that. did that I with could the also helmets. See them doing other things, but they did that with the helmets. So I think, like, for teams like Montreal that use Bell or like Winnipeg use Bell too, like I think they would find something else. Yeah. Why am I blue? <clears throat> Ring lights not. I don't know why I'm like why my camera's blue. I don't know what's going on, but oh well, I guess whatever. Oh, it's because the sun's going now. Duh. Anyway, yeah, it's I think that the the same thing with the jersey ads as with the helmet ads. We're not gonna notice them after a while, even though they're going to look more prominent, and they're only going to be on the players' jerseys. Like it's not like they're gonna sell the ads on jerseys that people are going to buy in the store or online. Yeah. So for people that are going to freak out about this, don't because it's really not that big of a deal. It's really it's, not. And it's going to help. Like people freak out. You don't really notice it. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't change the game. Like I'm not going to be at a blue jackets game, sitting down, enjoying it. They're up two one. I'm loving life. We're in the third period, and then I'm like, "That stupid ad," <laughs> and just get up and leave. Why does this? Why does this Tim Hortons ad look so dumb on there? Ugh. I'm outraged. I'm done. <laughs> like, like, it's not gonna happen. Like nobody cares. No. It'll make more. It'll make money. It's all about money. Like we know. They're trying to recoup what they lost from, essentially. From One the full season cut in two halves. Yeah. From, from the panini pasta. Mm -hmm. Or whatever the hell. <laughs> um, and speaking of more lost money, well, I shouldn't say lost, but meh. Um, the Wings bought out uh, the last year of Franz Nielsen. Yeah. I, I feel like the reason they did that was because he's making over $5 million and he's not good. Not good. Well, he's also 37. Um, exactly. <laughs> and that's not his fault. He's had a great career. <laughs> At yeah. this point, he does nothing. So He was amazing on the island. Yeah. It's fantastic on the island. Okay, so what it says here, the buyout ratio is 2 to 3. He is 37. I got that right on the first guess. Uh, one year left on his deal at 1.5. Buyout length two years, total savings $500. They are cap hit paying him for this year. For this upcoming year, the cap hit 
is 4.25. Mm-hmm. But then it's only $500,000 next year. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. That's a good buyout then. At least it's not like buying out Ekman Larson when we experimented with that crap. <laughs> that I was I was almost in tears. <laughs> <laughs> you were. You literally, I could see it on your face. You literally were about to cry. <laughs> uh, and then Jim Benning was like, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Jim White, yeah. <laughs> Jim Benning, I need it. <laughs> I need another D, man. Please, I need another overpaid D. Um, so do you remember when we talked about the flurry trade first? Yeah, and then they just bought out the kit that they traded for. Like, okay, so they so Vegas a cruel thing to do. He's not an ELC and they bought him out. Vegas trades for this kid and they don't even like sign him to anything. They they say they're going to let him play still in Rockford. Like they're not even going to bring him over to Henderson. And then to like yesterday, they place him on unconditional waivers for the purpose of mutual contract termination. So it's like his ELC is just gone. So it's, oh, so it's mutual contract termination. Okay. So then maybe it's not the same as a buyout then. So like they, they like end it. Because if it's mutual, then this player doesn't want to be there anyway. He's got one year left on his ELC signed May 6th, 19th. So he, he probably wants a shot elsewhere. And this is like his chance doing it, whether it be like playing overseas or whatnot. But maybe still hilarious that they literally traded this oh, mark. They just... traded the Vesna trophy winner for nothing. That's how in the face of their bad. franchise. The, that's how bad money is in the National Hockey League right now. Vegas was like, we need to free up money. Here, take them. Face of their franchise, too. Yeah. For God knows how long. Four years. The, 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 yeah, until the sword in the back this time. Yeah, it, you know what? He always had the sword in the back. It just wasn't from the guy we first thought it was from. Wow. Jesus. We thought it was Pete DeBoer. Turns out it was uh, Kelly McCrimmon. Yikes. Um, the NHL 22 trailer and cover art dropped today. This is the last thing. Yeah. Um, which I didn't watch the trailer. It. I mean, I saw the trailer did and, not look good. I watched bits and pieces and like some of the animation looked kind of fun. Yeah. At least like some of the close-up animation where you could actually see like decent bodily movement that looked fairly realistic and like the faces look better Mm -hmm. like the actual like bodies and faces of the players look more like how they actually look in real life it's not like they all have like the generic 50 faces yeah you watch spongebob growing up right of course i did you remember like i'm older than spongebob why would i not have you remember like the one episode where like it's like Plankton's like sitting down and he's like, "Oh look, holographic meatloaf again." Again, <laughs> that's one of my. That's how I reacted to today. Show. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> Austin Matthews on the cover again." That yeah, that one's it's weird. Like, why? Like it was just like a cover two years ago. That was. Like, I would get it. I would totally get it 
if the Leafs won the Stanley Cup, if they mm-hmm. were like celebrating it and they had him on the cover with the Stanley Cup and it's it. They lost in the first round like after what they, being like up 3-1. What, with... what has he done to deserve being on twice? Like He's been on the cover now like what they did more times than McDavid. You mean like what they yeah. did with Taves in yeah. 16? Yeah. So, from what I saw from rumors like this morning and last night and whatever, and we're going to wrap it up soon because it's almost like 9 and I need to actually put this out. Um, and I need sleep because yeah. I'm tired. It was like Panarin was a sneak peek because we saw like Rangers gear and it looked a lot like Panarin's gear. Mm. So that was somebody that we thought was going to be on it. And then there was one other guy. I can't remember exactly who it was. I thought, I, I don't know. I, I had a feeling I didn't see this coming because I didn't think, I, I didn't think there was a chance of hell it's going to be Matthews again. I thought it was going to be pasta and I, that was it. It was pasta. Yeah. Cause I thought, yeah. Cause he definitely needs a chance to do it just on the regular cover. Cause he's always been on like the check covers and like, you know, everybody gets different color, color cover athletes for their different country or whatever. Like line is usually the guy on the finish cover and that kind of thing right if they do like mm-hmm. international releases yeah for when they do international releases i should say um but yeah i i honestly haven't played a lot of chell since i moved here because mm-hmm. i don't own a playstation of my own yeah and, and the last time i played it all of my stuff factory reset oh after i had made actual Pain. like because I like to actually go in there and try to reconstruct rosters mm-hmm. like throughout the season. Yeah. Like just on the regular rosters because I like to just play play now or whatever with current players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I lost my be a pro. I lost all of that shit. So Pain. man. Agony. Yeah. And I mean it's suffering, just... if you will. Torment if you feel so inclined. You know what I think it is? What? Future! (laughs) On that note, I am leaving. On that note, good night, everybody. We love you. We'll be back more than likely Tuesday, but who the hell knows um, with how our schedules are. It's probably going to be Tuesday, Thursday. Well, I'll just say this right now. Tuesday, I will be free. Thursday, I will not because I'm going back to Buffalo. Like moving, oh, you're moving all my in. stuff back, back, yeah, back to Canisius. So okay. Uh, Thursday's gonna be a busy day, but I am more than free on Tuesday. Cool. So Tuesday we will see you, and then we will try to figure out maybe like Saturday. Yeah. So we'll see y'all then. Jay Jake Jackets, a podcast for fifth liners and all puckheads around. Follow the guys on Twitter at Snake Garinger, G-A-R-R-I-N-G-E-R, and at By J Ashdown. And subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen. March on. March on.